Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. We are in the beginning of our study on the book of Ephesians. Now, if you missed the last couple of broadcasts, I'd encourage you to go back and start from the beginning where we cover the background of Ephesus. And after that, we actually talk about the background of the Apostle Paul so that you can get a feel and an understanding of actually where this teaching is going so that you can grasp the concepts of what the scriptures are actually teaching us as born again believers and how we too are called to have uh, just a full fruit access of the supernatural, how we're supposed to live and have our being through a supernatural worldview that we just believe is for every single believer. Jesus told the disciples that when they went out into the world and when they made disciples, that they were to teach them everything that Jesus taught them. That includes healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the leper, casting out the demons, and even going as far as as just going into these cultures where things are just really demonically uh, possessed, if you will, and taking down strongholds and and, and knocking down the principalities. And and because our, our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, as Scripture tells us. So we left off in the book of Acts chapter 19, where Paul is, is, he just goes into Ephesus, and some amazing miracles just happened in Paul's life. Listen to this, Acts chapter 19, verse 11. It says that God worked powerful miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, who's doing the miracles? We need to first address this and say, listen, it is God. It is our Father. He is the one who chooses to use us to flow through, to produce the miracles that we see. So we need to make sure that first God is the one getting the glory. He is the one whom when, when, when people come and they say, wow, you know, God's just really doing amazing things through you. Yes, God is. But remember, it is God. We're not trying to build a ministry here on miracle signs and wonders. We want to make sure that everything is based on Jesus Christ, the love of God, an exalting Christ and bringing those into salvation. So God worked powerful miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs or aprons he had touched were brought to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. Now I covered this a little bit more in the previous broadcast. Listen to what it says in verse 15. It says, then some of the itinerant Jews, the exorcists invoked the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we command you to come out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva doing this. Now, let's get the context here, okay? Let's talk about this context for a minute. You need to understand, before we move any further, that these are sons of a high priest. These are sons of, in other words, they're coming forth and they're trying to use the name of Jesus But you have to understand that in this culture, in this context, at this moment, their bloodline is from the bloodline of Aaron. So in other words, they're Kohen, they're Kohenim, they're priests. They have been chosen by God according to Old Testament law, according to Torah law, for them to be the ones to actually minister before the Lord. 
And so their father, who would be high priest, listen, he only gets to go into the Holy of Holies once a year, but he's the only one that gets to do it. So you're talking about sons who walked around with the bloodline of Aaron, who had the blessings and promises of God, and who were the children of the high priest. So these were very prominent men. And I'm going to take a leap here, and I'm going to say that these men believed that based off of their lineage, their bloodline, and who their father was, they believed they had the authority to go out and cast these demons. We know that in rabbinical history, we know that there has been cases where Jewish people have cast out demons, and how God worked mightily and powerfully through men who were humble before God. But see, this is where things get wrong. As soon as you exalt yourself, this is very important to your lifestyle training. As soon as you exalt yourself, as soon as you, as soon as you lean on your, your own bloodline and your own lineage and not the bloodline and lineage of Christ, as soon as you work in your flesh, in other words, these men were looking at things from a fleshly perspective because they were the son of thus and such. They were the children of so-and-so. Remember when they, they questioned Jesus and, and, and Jesus said, listen, God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. In other words, what was Jesus saying? Jesus was specifically saying, listen, your, your lineage and your bloodline, your flesh, your body, your temple, that your soul and your spirit lives inside. Listen, that counts as nothing to me. What I want to see you is in humility before God, giving God the glory and God the honor. Now, these men believed that based off of their lineage that they could just use the name of Jesus. This was very common of the day because in the, in, back in Torah time, back in the time of, of Moses, Moshe, he chose 70 elders. And so the elders were the ones that received the authority from Moses and Moses received the authority from God. So the rabbinical tradition is, is that if you received authority passed down from these 70 elders, then you would have the same authority that they had. And so it's this tradition of passing down authority. So Jesus takes this biblical tradition. It's a, it's a healthy biblical tradition. And Jesus says, behold, I give you, and he's talking to you, if you're born again, he's talking to you, I give you authority. Now, why did he say this? Because it was customary for the culture for them to pass down authority based off of the authority of another person. So when Jesus comes, cleanses, cleanses everything of sin, and he says, listen, I, I give you, okay, he, says, he takes on the sin of the world, he goes to the disciples, they're free from sin now, because he died for them and rose from the grave. I give you authority to trample. I give you the authority. In other words, he passes that down, and he says, listen, because of who my father is, and your father is, you now have authority. But these men took the name of Jesus, not being born again, and they tried to use the authority of Christ, and yet they were a part of the wrong bloodline. Now let me say this again very clearly. Because these individuals were not born into the lineage and were not covered by the blood of Christ, Messiah, they were still working off of their flesh and not off of the, the lineage of being born again. They didn't have the authority that, let's say, Paul had or Peter had or we have. So let me show you what happens when you use the name of Jesus without truly being born again 
and walking in your flesh. Let me show you something because this is very important for you to grasp as a believer as you walk out what we're discipling and what we're training you in right now. Verse 15. So they were using the name of Jesus in verse 14, verse 15. So the evil spirit answered and said, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the men in whom the evil spirit was jumped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled from the house naked and badly beaten. Now get this now. Why is it that some people will try to cast out demons or heal the sick and they use the name of Jesus and they profess that they're born again and yet see no results? I believe based off of not just this passage, but many passages in the New Testament, for example, Corinthians and Thessalonians, there's many different scriptures that talk about us depending upon our flesh or even depending on our head knowledge and not a revelatory relationship, not a, not a knowing of who Jesus actually is. We're not walking out our faith. We're just trying to go through traditions. We're trying to go through rituals, hoping that God will show up. In other words, we're rolling the dice and we're seeing if it works. When it's not about whether or not if it works, it's about standing in faith. So listen, without faith, it's impossible to please God is what the scripture plainly tells us. So if we pray in faith, then we see results. You say, well, I've prayed in faith, brother. I I didn't see anything happen. Listen, I, I need you to be humble with me. If the results didn't happen that Jesus said should happen, you have to ask yourself one question. And that is, did Jesus do something wrong at this moment or did I? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to tell you every single time, it's not Jesus. Jesus wants to heal, he wants to deliver, and he wants to save. But he's going to do that through a yielded vessel, who's somebody who's not going to take the credit for themselves, and somebody who's acting in faith. We covered in another teaching how the, the, the father brought the, 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 de- the demon-possessed boy who was epileptic, and the disciples couldn't heal him. And so Jesus walked up, and he healed him, and he left, and then G- the disciples went to Jesus, and they said, Rabbi, why couldn't we cast him out? And he said, because of your unbelief. He said, because, oh, faithless generation. He says, this type of unbelief, this type of, of flesh, this type of walking in head knowledge and just being based off of rituals and traditions. He says, listen, that doesn't do it. Being in relationship and in faith, he says, through prayer and through fasting. Fasting is very important to your supernatural lifestyle. Because fasting tells your flesh to be quiet so that you can hear the Holy Spirit clearly. As you show, Father, that you're willing to deny yourself. This is not a salvation issue. Many people make this, I want to make this very clear. Many people make fasting quickly into a salvation. You say, brother, Jesus paid for my sins. Jesus did everything on the cross. Now you're getting into works. Listen, this is not about salvation. I'm not talking about how... You can become born again. I'm talking about how you can walk in the born again experience to the full measure that scripture tells us is available to us by the examples that we see 
from the New Testament disciples and also and foremost the life that we see in the life of Yeshua Jesus. He is our example. And until our lives are just like his lives, we need to continue to humble ourselves, submit to God, deny our flesh and exalt him and allow the Holy Spirit to conform us into the full image of Jesus Christ. And that happens the most and the quickest through prayer and through fasting. And Jesus said that these kinds only come out, this type of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. So these men were working off of the flesh. They were work off of lineage. They were working off tradition. They were working off of, well, it works for Paul. Let's see if it works for us. The gospel is not about what, what works for, let's see if, let's try it out and see if it works. The gospel transforms you, and if you're not transformed, then you really haven't understood or come into conformity with what the gospel teaches. It's freedom in Christ. It's freedom to walk like Jesus. It's freedom to be in relationship with the Father. And it's freedom to have the same authority that Christ did and going out and wrecking the gates of hell and wrecking the demonic realm. And we do that through submitting ourselves to the Father in every way we possibly, possibly can. Making Jesus Lord means that we are no longer Lord of our lives. So the more we submit, the more we surrender, the more we say, yes, God, and the more we put off our selfish ambitions and the things that we want to go after in the world, the more Father goes, that, that one right there is serious. That one right there is very serious about what Jesus did for him. And he is so willing, she is so willing to lay down her life for this gospel. Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if, if you lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. So in other words, you have to find it through self-denial. You find the supernatural walk with God through losing your life in this world and surrendering to him. So these men were badly, badly, badly beaten because they went off routine and ritual and feelings and emotions and bloodlines and flesh. My father is a high priest. So what? So what? Is your father the king of kings and lord of lords? Is your father Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? That's who your father needs to be because he's the only one that can give you the authority to do the things Jesus calls us to do. Let's move along to verse 17. This became known to all the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus. Listen now. And the fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. So either way, Jesus is going to get exalted here. Let me give you a story back from uh, uh, Tanakh times, Old Testament times. Remember, if you recall, in 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 3, I would encourage you to go back and read that. The story of Hannah before the priests at the temple. Now, Hannah was, was Samuel's mother. The priests and were supposed to be pure before God. The priests were supposed to be the one ministering before God in Israel. But Eli and his house were corrupt so this woman, Hannah, comes up to the temple because she was barren and she cries out to God every single day, cries out to God. God, give me a child. If you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. God, give me a child. 
So God gives her a child and, and she eventually gives Samuel to the priests. Now, I, I want you to understand this. Samuel is from Ephraim. So he's an Ephraimite. He's not, he's not from the Kohen. He's not from the Kohanim. He's not from the bloodline of Aaron. And yet here he is in the temple and in the midst of the priests who are corrupt, God speaks to Samuel and Samuel becomes the one who speaks to the priests and corrects them in the name of the Lord. And so bloodline and lineage, we must be very careful about submitting to the idea that stature in our flesh is going to get us where we need to go. Because God will raise up some Samuels. Hopefully he's raised you up to be a voice right where you're at. So Jesus' name is highly magnified because these people got beaten. And they got beaten because they were trying to work in the flesh and use the name of Jesus. Christians, we cannot work in the flesh and call on the name of Jesus. We're not going to see the Spirit work powerfully through us. But Jesus will be magnified and his name will be lifted up. And listen to what happens. Because these men decide to use the name of Jesus in order to try to cast out a demon. Now, I believe they saw what Paul was doing and they said, well, we need to do this too so we look big and bad. So that we look like we have authority and stature. So the fear of the Lord falls on all of the Jewish people and all of the people who believed in Jesus in Ephesus. Listen to what happens in verse 18. Many who believed came confessing and telling of their deeds. Now, who is this? This is many people. Now, remember, earlier when we were studying, it says in Acts 19, verse 10, that Paul continued to teach for two years in Ephesus. So this means that Paul was already teaching. He was already discipling people and telling them about the way. This is clear through Scripture. So then it says in verse 18, many who believed came in confessing and telling their deeds. So when the fear of the Lord comes upon a group of people who are Christians, revival takes place. And it says this, it says, many who practice magic brought their books together and burned them before everyone. They calculated their value, which equaled 50,000 drachmas. So the word of the Lord powerfully grew and spread. So what happens here? Paul teaches for two years. People come and believe. But you have to remember, the temple of Artemis is still there. This is a supernatural environment where these people are worshiping demons. And it's obvious from the text that there were demon-possessed people, and there was exorcists in that area, which means that it was very demonic in that area. So these people came confessing. Hear me now. They confessed the name of Jesus. They called themselves born again, but yet they were still indulging in witchcraft. But when they saw the might and power of Jesus, when they saw that Jesus' name was honored even among demons, these people who confessed Christ had themselves a little revival, and they denounced their witchcraft ways. Listen, I want to just talk to you for a moment. Witchcraft in the church is very prominent. Witchcraft in the church is a real thing. There are many in the church who are still trying to live in the world, still trying to watch the same television programs that are demonic, 
listening to the same type of music that are anti-God and against Jesus and against the scriptures and completely against living a holy lifestyle. There are Christians who think that you can still go to haunted houses and that you can still go and, and, and practice the occult and some of the pagan practices that we have in the church these days and still be okay and still be used mightily by God. Now, I will tell you that if you ask these individuals if they experience supernatural things, most of them, or should say some of them, will say yes. But we need to be very careful because Scripture tells us that there will be lying signs and wonders. And it says in Matthew seven twenty to 22 that Jesus said many people are casting out demons at the judgment day. They're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? And he'll say, away from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. That word iniquity is huge. That means you're living in sin, believing that God isn't going to do anything about the sin in your life, that you're okay, that you're fine. God's not going to judge you for that. And the demonic realm knows this. The demonic realm will flow through a a, a believer doing something that looks good in order to make you feel like you're in right relationship with God. We'll cover that later on in the study when we get into the book of Ephesians. So we need to make sure that our lives are in alignment with Jesus. We need to make sure that our lives are in alignment with the scriptures and that we're not just happenstancely using the name of Jesus. We're not just saying, well, in the name of Jesus, well, nothing happened. So I guess, you know, that's just not for me. I guess it's not my gift. I guess it's not my calling. No, you need to eagerly desire spiritual gifts is what the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians. And Jesus said, the works that I've done, you will do and even greater. So listen, if we're not even doing the works of Jesus yet, and he says we're going to do greater Jesus is the one who qualifies the bar. He's the one who sets the standard of what we're called to do and how we're called to live and what's available to us. So we need to be very careful about what we entertain as believers. We need to put off all these old things. We need to to really die to ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to disciple us, to sanctify us through and through. We need to allow the Word of God to be a hammer, as it says in Jeremiah. We need to allow the Word of God to bust up and break down the things that are not producing godly fruit in our lives. It says, because they burnt, listen to this, because they burnt their books, because there was revival, listen to this in verse 20, so the Word of the Lord powerfully grew and spread. Don't you want to see the word of God spread powerfully? For example, maybe you have a loved one. Maybe you have a coworker. Maybe you have somebody that, that is, you're just thinking of actually right now. And you say, man, I just wish they would understand the gospel. I wish that God would touch them powerfully. I want to talk to you. Listen, God wants to touch them powerfully. But it says that we, the church, are the hands and feet of Christ on earth. So the point is, is that, listen, Jesus wants to touch them, but he's using the church to do so. And if you're the church, he wants to use you to touch them. He's asking us to deny ourselves, become humble and submissive so that he can touch them through us 
and there's nothing clogging up the pipe. There's nothing stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we deny ourselves, when we exalt the name of Jesus, and when we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit and we put off the old things, the Spirit itself comes in and bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh comes in and He builds us up in the most holy faith. And we get greater faith as we have faith. We get greater grace as we allow grace to flow in our lives. So I just want to encourage you that just because you're born again, just because you're born again does not give you the right to live in sin. Grace that does not lead to holiness is not biblical grace. Grace that allows you to live in sin is the type of grace that the demons want you to believe in so that you have no effect in this world for the gospel. So, Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for power and for might and just for releasing grace, true grace, supernatural grace on everybody who hears this, Lord. Father, I thank you for an increase of faith and wisdom and knowledge in who you are, Lord. Father, I just thank you, God, that this study is impacting people, changing lives, and they will go forth and impact people for the kingdom of God and raise up holy warriors. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.